I mean, my heart's beating, my heart's beating, my hands are shaking, my hands are shaking, but I'm still shooting, I'm still getting the headshots, it's like, boom, headshot, boom, headshot, boom, headshot. Just gonna send it. <laughs> Happy Turkey Day, everybody. Remember me, in case you forgot. Welcome to another episode of the Just Effin' Send It podcast. In case you also forgot, I'm your host, David Baker. I just realized that my last episode was June 9th of this year. How pathetic is that, guys? So, here's where I'm at. My wife and my mother-in-law are in Raleigh. They just got out of a Martina McBride concert, Christmas concert. My son is staying next door at the neighbor's house with his best bud, staying the night over there. My father-in-law is in my recliner watching football. And my grandmother-in-law is in the bonus room watching Lord knows what. So I didn't know what to do myself tonight. So I went. I took the Shelby out, got it washed. Rode around for a little bit, got some dinner, had a couple beers. Came back home. I was like, you know what? Let's just fucking send a podcast. So, little update. I, I don't even remember what the the last truck cast. I don't remember what it updated. I don't remember what I'd mentioned. Um, but boy, just like my precision rifle journey, just just like how it started. Uh. The race car journey is is very, very much similar. So by that, I mean, when I first, if, I don't know how you want to look at it, the first time that I thought about wanting to get better or learn more about shooting targets a long ways away, or relative, you know, it was for, it was for hunting, Right. That's all I want to do is be able to be in a situation where if I had a, a deer or or whatever at longer range than what I was accustomed to, that I would know, well, basically how to how to bag the game, right? How, how to to shoot ethically and and kill a deer from said range, and and that was it. So you go down the rabbit hole of internet forums and YouTubes and all that stuff. And then before you knew it, I was building a match rifle and like it escalated quickly. Right. So it, it, it became then less about the being able to extend my range, uh, in, in hunting and more so about the actual sport itself of shooting long range. And then, I mean, I, I realized how far down that hole I'd gotten when a couple of years ago I was at a match and looked down at my watch and saw that it was November 3rd, and I said, how the hell am I shooting a match instead of in the woods right now on November 3rd? And that's when it, it really dawned on me that I cared equal to more than a, uh, about 
shooting long range, the sport of that more so than just getting good at shooting animals at a long ways away. So that's very similar to where, you know, I am now with the car uh, situation. So if you remember, I sold the Fox body and I bought an SN95 Mustang. Um, this started, I wanted a Fox body because, I me, mean, I love Fox bodies. To me, they're just, they're beautiful. I love Fox bodies. I always have. I've had them before and, and regretted selling it. And, you know, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to build it and then make it fast and then, you know, race it a little bit, but, you know, still able to be driven on the street and go enjoy it. Well, boy, has that escalated and gotten out of hand. So <laughs> sold the Fox body and now I am building an outright dedicated race car. The equivalent of, you know, your impact with a no taper straight shank inch and a quarter barrel in six dasher in a, you know, MPA matrix pro chassis with a tangent theta. Okay. So no one would ever take that rifle hunting. Nobody. It's not meant to do that. It probably doesn't do it very well. It's obviously heavy. It's meant for, you know, it's basically a race gun. It's basically a dedicated match rifle. Basically how my AI was. Well, that's what I'm building now as far as a car. So if you remember, um, even though it was how long ago it was, I have a uh, 5.3 LS that was going to, I mean, it's brand new, uh, fresh rods, uh, Gen 4 rods, and um, Summit LS Pro Pistons. And I had I had a cam port, ended up returning the cam, because literally about eight days after receiving the cam that I had ordered for it, I decided that the 5.3 just isn't going to do it. So if you recall me talking about the plans for the car, for the Fox body and then the SN was, okay, it's a streetable car. I need, you know, 1,000, maybe 1,100 horsepower in that five, a five and a half second, eighth mile pass, you know, just, just that. And that is, a, that's fast. Don't get me wrong. That is fast. You know, 1,000 horsepower, eighth mile, five and a half second for a street car. That's fast. Okay. There's not a production street car made that can do that. Like hypercar, supercar, whatever. None can do that factory, right? It's going to be a fast car. But then I was, you know, the more races that I went to and the, the more I, you know, was getting involved in it. I was like, this car doesn't fit any class at that speed because of, well, it's a Fox body for one and the age of the car had a lot to do with it. And I was like, it, whatever class this car would fit in, I'm going to get my, I'm going to get my ass smoked, just gapped and it. Okay. Well then we need to look at that five O range to be competitive in what would be probably the slowest class that I could get that car into with the transmission that was going to go in it, which I have uh, a turbo 400. And, uh, like I said, the age of the car, it, it, the slowest class that I could get into, 
it would just be competitive in that. Like just, yeah, I could do well, but probably not win. So thinking about it long and hard and about the financial commitment that this was going to require, I decided to go a different route. I bought a built short block L8T, which is the the LT Gen 5. It's the, the newest version of an LS, in case you don't know. And it is a 6.6 liter uh, 402. And this short block, the exact same short block, has been built and been, uh, you know, with, obviously it was a complete motor at that point. And with twin, I think, 76 turbos, twin 76 millimeter turbos, I think it put down uh, 2,077 horsepower on an engine dyno. This wasn't a chassis dyno. This was just an engine dyno. So you're looking at 1,800 is what this short block was capable of. So I bought that short block, not the same one, but one is built just like it. And um, same part, same everything. And the plan now is 16... 1600 and not streetable. So like this, this car will not, will not, will never be driven legally on a street anywhere. It's not going to, I don't even have tags on it. Not insured. It is a, will be a trailered race car. Um, now I could have gone methanol, right? Uh, but methanol is, it's a great fuel and you can get rid of all of your cooling. You can get rid of your intercooler for the turbo. You can get rid of your radiator. You can get rid of, uh, there's no water. I mean, it's, you can, you can get rid of all that, but you have to be pushed to and from the pits. Um, you're going to have to have a golf cart. So you got to have a team basically to be able to do that. Not only that, but whenever, like, let's say we had a race, we got done this weekend and, I can't just let it sit. I would have to basically cut fuel out of it, run 93 through it, change the tune, run 93 through it because methanol cannot sit. It is, it is bad juju if you just let methanol sit somewhere. So what this car will be, I mean, I was planning on like pump E85, but it's not going to be pump E85. It's going to be ignite red um, E85 um, so I'll, I'll get a 55 gallon drum and, and I can just put it in there. Now I still got to have my radiator. I can get a small, a smaller radiator. I can get a, a radiator, like a little Honda civic or whatever, and just run that. Um, but I'll, I'll have to have an intercooler and the intercooler I'm going to get is a, a custom 2000 horsepower rated intercooler from no corners cut fabrication. Uh, it's a $2,200 intercooler. But, you know, before with the, the, the turbo and motor combo that I was initially going to do, I was going to run out of motor before I ran out of turbo. Now, I'm going to run out of turbo before I run out of motor. So, the current turbo that I have is the, uh, it's a Force Inductions built Garrett. Uh, Jose built it, and it is a 91104. Uh, turbo so it's probably good for 12 to 1300 horsepower depending on 
you know, the, well, I mean, like I said, this motor will tap that turbo before the other way around. So this is going to be the turbo that sits, that's in it for a while till we get the car going and make some, make some laps on it and see how it does from there. But it will then be replaced by a force inductions, what is called the gangster 98. And I mean, it's a 2,500 horsepower rated turbo. So, you know, I, I'm hoping to keep this, this combination around that 16 to 1750, maybe 1800 horsepower range. It could definitely do 1800, I believe on methanol. Uh, but with, with even ignite red being the best ethanol fuel you can burn, it, it's still going to be, I think tapped out. So, uh, if, if I ever decide to switch it up and go to methanol, then we can get some more power out of it. Um, I'm slowly, uh, procuring parts still. I've got my, uh, injectors. I've got my mechanical fuel pump. I've got my, well, the front suspension's already done, but I got my Menser, uh, rear shocks, my rear end, my eight, eight is getting built. It should be ready anytime now at 10 soldiers, uh, race cars up in Kentucky. And when I go, when it's finished, when I go pick it up, I'm actually going to go, instead of them ship it to me, I'm going to drive to Kentucky and go pick it up while I'm there. Uh, Jason Terrell, the owner of 10 soldier, he actually has a podcast. Now it's not like available on, on a podcast streaming service, like what mine is, but it's on YouTube. And let me tell you something. That guy is a absolute born natural at doing this, at this podcast stuff, obviously a genius. And I mean, has forgotten more. I mean, young dude, like he's younger than I am, but he's forgotten more about race cars and building race cars than I'll ever know. And he is, is an amazing resource and he's a great person. Like, you know, big Christian, he does, a a motivational Monday. It's like a devotion every Monday on his YouTube channel. The, the YouTube, YouTube channel is gangster. Like it is a great YouTube channel, uh, with their shop car and then other customers and then his podcast and his motivational Monday stuff. It's a great YouTube channel. So 10 soldier race cars, go check them out. Jason Terrell. Um, but anyway, I'm going to sit down and do a podcast with him while I'm there. But right now I'm actually waiting to see when I can nail down a time to get Lance, my tuner, and, and owner, well, 50% owner, him and his dad own uh, Powerhouse Performance uh, local to me in Grifton. And uh, he's, Lance, is, Lance and Ed both have, through this, in this last year, we've, we've become pretty daggone close. Uh, you know, I look at them as family, and I, I, I think and hope they look at me as the same. And, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a, a relationship. It's going to be a team. Like, I'm, I've told Lance, look, dude, I'm here to help you whenever you need to run your car to help crew for you. And I know you're going to be there for me when I'm running mine and he's my tuner. But, you know, my, my goal is to like, I, I have zero desire, zero, zero desire in learning how to tune, like tune a car. Okay. You build a car or if not just it's a street car and you're starting a tune from scratch. I want nothing to do with that. All I want to know and learn is how to basically tune power management on my car at the track. Okay. I see, all right, well, it's warm. The track is pretty greasy. I need to pull some power from 
the from the hit to the hundred foot, and then start ramping it up from there. You know, boost ramps, fuel curves, timing, uh, you know, torque management, all that stuff. That's what I that's what I want to learn. That just so that I am not relying on on Lance. Like I can go to a race that Lance is not there and compete right. And it's almost like if you have somebody reload your ammunition and you are beholden to them, meaning you can't load your ammo without them, whether it's a knowledge or resource, like you don't have the scales, you don't have the presses, you don't have, you know, all that stuff. And yet, yeah. Okay. Well now I want to take a step and I want to load my own ammunition. And that's what I'm in the process of doing now. And, and more so it'll ramp up whenever the car is actually finished. But right now the car, (laughs) Today actually was the first little bit of movement on the car in quite a while. I actually went to to Powerhouse today, and it's out in the parking lot, and I ripped out literally everything out of the the interior of the car. So, like I said, this is a race car. There's going to be no carpet. It's going to be roll, roll caged completely, roll caged, and uh, which I'll get to that in a minute. But anyway, so it doesn't have to be comfortable. It doesn't have to be nice on the inside no it's gonna be a, a a tin can and and that's okay that's what it needs to be i need to make it as light as possible and so i i ripped out the carpet i ripped out the rear seats they didn't even have front and pat doesn't have a driver or passenger seat since i bought it it didn't have he didn't have one uh which is fine but uh i ripped out the dash i ripped out all the paneling inside um, the radio, the center console, everything is ripped out, pulled out, and it's a tin can. Um, there's still a little bit left I've got to do for that, and uh, but it's just like one of the things I'm gonna have to do is I'm gonna pull the door panels off and then gut. The good news is this car is not doesn't have power windows; it is is manual roll up windows, which is awesome. My goal is to keep it all steel, all glass. So that just means a steel roof, steel quarters, and glass windows, windshield, rear windshield. However, though, I will be replacing, more than likely replacing the front and rear windshields with optic armor. Um, That's like 40 pounds each that you're saving from there, but it's still considered glass. Um, It's not Lexan. So Lexan is more like your plexiglass, and uh, optic armor is a lighter glass, if you will. Um, And then the the deck lid, the, the trunk, it's heavy as shit, so I'm pulling that off. I'm getting a carbon fiber trunk carbon fiber hood obviously um big bubble hood and uh carbon fiber front bumper i mean that's that that's a lot of damn money carbon fiber that's like probably three or 3500 in carbon fiber probably with the bumper and the hood and the in the trunk lid i could do carbon fiber doors but i'm not really worried about that right now i'm just gonna get this thing going and then worry about that to see where my weight lies where uh where it needs to be what kind of ets am i getting um and with add that weight and if it's still like hey i need to get this thing heavier or get this thing lighter then i'll you know replace the doors or carbon fiber doors and uh and go from there um the car's gonna get wrapped um and you know it's what right now it is waiting we've i've got one mustang in front of me uh, it's a buddy of mine, Royce. His he's on a new edge Mustang. He it just got back halved. Uh, Devin up there, powerhouse. He's the uh, fabricator. Uh, he's started on the front half, 
Mine's already front halved, so I don't have to worry about that. Um, but then once he finishes the front half, he'll then cage the car. He's already done the weld-in um, through the floor subframe connectors. And uh, I'm, I have, I'm, he's going to do literally the exact same thing to mine minus the front half. Mine's just already done. He's going to rail in my, my subframe connectors, all back half, everything, and then cage the shit out of it. And the reason why, like, so obviously safety, obviously. Uh, but here um, recently we had a big, the big 252 list race, the king race, which is basically uh, like a finale. Okay, it's like the, the PRS finale at the end of the year. And, uh, but for the two, five, two list, uh, series and, uh, a guy who is, his name is Jason Tyson. He is a staple here. Like he is the man here. He has a number of Fox bodies and, uh, he also a driver for a, a new, a new edge Mustang called Skittles. Um, but his car his fastest car is, uh, the gray car. And uh, earlier this year, I was there at Hertford. Um, at Northeast Raceway or um, Dragway, I forgot, it was Northeast, whatever. I watched him break and set the track record there twice. I mean, it was absolutely on a tear, flying. So that night, he broke and set the record twice in one night. And that was, I think, his last race prior to the King race. Uh, I may be wrong there, but in the King race... He uh, flipped the car. He flipped the car and jumped the rail. Now, Kinston uh, is um, my home track, okay? I grew up going to Kinston. I was 15 years old, you know, 16 years old going to uh, Kinston Drag Strip. And when I got my cars, my uh, Fox Body, my Trans Am, all those cars, uh, my Turbo Jetta I had, all that when I was a retard, you know, that's the track. That was my home track. Well, it's an, it's a dated track. You know, the surface can be good when they actually do the prep. The surface can be great, but one thing they haven't changed is the rails. It's got like waist high metal rails going down each side of the drag strip, which is fine probably for most street cars. But when you've got cars that are running mid to low fours, and if something were to go bad, which is what happened, I mean, Jason's car goes, you know, in the four ones, the four teens, if, if the, the surface can hold it, but you know, he's probably, he probably was on his way to making a four, three or a four, four pass and, and rolled the car, jumped the rail. And mind you, his car was caged up like big time, 25, five cage and he wasn't wearing a Hans device, which if you don't know what a Hans device is, um, just Google it. But he actually shattered his T3. So he, he literally broke his back. He's expected to recover. You know, he's not paralyzed, thank the Lord. But, you know, I, I don't I don't know if he, I mean, everyone thinks that Jason's going to come back and, and be pick up right where he left off. But that's a... That's something to, to to that's a hurdle. That is definitely a hurdle to overcome. And I don't know how many people that are built to to 
to to make that jump, meaning hurdle that and come back and get back in the driver's seat. Uh, now the car now the gray car is absolutely totaled. It is nothing but they had to cut him out of the car. It was so crumpled up they had to cut him out. The cage did his job. Had the cage not been there, Jason would have been dead. But that's still not, you know, that's still psychologically that's still a, a lot to to take in or a lot to overcome it to get back in that. So I don't know if he's going to do it or not. He might be done. And if so, that's a legend that's just gone. Now, I, even if I, I don't know that that's going to be the way it's going to be, even if he thinks it's over with by the time he's recovered, you know, and back around it a little bit, I mean, that's just how he's built. You know, I wouldn't be surprised one iota if he did come back and you know, pick up right where he left off. But that's still a lot to, to do. But if even if even if he doesn't, he'll he'll still still be involved in the sport. I mean, the man has been doing this forever, and he's a legend. So even if he's not in the driver's seat, he'll still be on the on the laptop tuning people's stuff up or building cars, and then having another driver. And so he'll never be out of the sport totally. I don't think. But with that said, you know we had planned on doing basically just a a ten point cage uh, in my car. And after that, I called Lance. I said, Lance, let's we're we're gonna twenty five five it. Let's I want a full halo. I want every bar that I can get in it. I'd rather spend the money because I want to do this. And uh, like I've mentioned here before, Jax is tore slam up with this shit. And I promise you, when he's old enough, he's gonna want to get into the driver's seat of one of these cars. And if it's voodoo, which is the, the the Mustangs Voodoo Ranger, if it's that car, I'm obviously going to want him to have the utmost in safety and more and for me as well until that point. So you know, I, I want to come home. I I want to make sure that I'm can provide for my family or that that I'm here for my family. And so that that weighs a lot in my decision of okay, look, let's just basically spend double on the the cage portion of the car to make it safe. Um, because this car voodoo is going to be in that when it's said and done, it's going to be in that four five, you know, four, four, seven range. I think with, I think with this turbo, I can get us and get it down to a four, seven. Um, but when I change the turbo out, I'm looking at four fives or maybe better depending on how light I get the car, but it's, you know, it's, it's a long, this is a marathon. This ain't a sprint because I mean, it ain't. Lance is very optimistic. He thinks I'll have the car going by, by you know this coming up season. I'm like, well, first of all, I guess there's still a lot of work left to do, but it's a lot of money to spend on it too. So, like, I'm you know I've got obviously I've got my short block, I've got my cam, I've got you know all that. I got to get oil pan. I've got to get my well. I have already bought and then resold a ton of shit because of the change in direction, if you will from what it originally was intended to do. So I had the uh, Holly Terminator X Max, and I've sold that because I'm not going to be able to get as many inputs uh, and outputs with that ECU than I will with the Dominator. Dominator is obviously the top-of-the-line Holly, and I'll be able to run any sensor or run run the entire car off of that, off that ECU. So obviously boost control, my... You know all the timing, my 
CO2 for my shifter, CO2 for the, for the parachute. Uh, I mean, you name it, any, whatever shock travel sensor, drive shaft speed sensor, G meter. Um, I'm going to get every sensor that I can. And cause the more data you have to go off of the more accurate of a tune up you can put in a car for whatever scenario that you may be in as far as track condition or air conditions, uh, you know, ambient air and, and be able to make the fastest pass that, that car can do in that time. You know, a lot of people can do a whole lot with less, but you know, that's when everything just so happens to work out right. But whenever, you know, you do have, you know, like I said, the more data you have to look at, it tells a story, you know, whether it be your shock travel sensors or your wheel speed sensor or anything, any of those like that is going to determine, Hey, I need to make a, I need to make a bar change on the four link, or I need to make a, a maybe tighten the, the front shot, uh, front shocks down some because it's starting to lift a little bit. And, you know, I don't want the front end to come up. I want the back end to separate I want the back end to come up and almost, almost like snow plow the front. That's when you're getting on a radial. That's when you're, you know, you're making the, the fastest pass that car can do is when you're separating. Cause you know, when you go and it's called anti-squat, you don't want to squat now, no prep shit. I hate no prep. Uh, that interests me none. And you know, around here, radial prep, no time radial prep is king. And you do what's in your area. What's, you know, in the Eastern North Carolina is the, the epicenter of, in my opinion of, well, one of the epicenters of, uh, Radio prep, small tire, no time racing. It is that's all that goes on around here, other than stupid bracket racing, which is born as watching paint dry on a wall. So, uh, but yeah, the the more data you have, and you know, like I said, you can make those changes, and you know that you need to make those changes because the data told you you need to. So it's it's almost like what probably people will be doing now with the new was it a Garmin the radar, um, the chronograph thing, people were probably going to be shooting stages with their chronograph on and looking at their, their average velocity or SD stage to stage, which we haven't been able to do, right? Um, and let's say instead of for precision rifle, because that's not what determines a, a make or break scenario in, precision, in a uh, PRS tactical rifle, but let's look at F-class or you know long-range bench rest or something like that. That is, you know, people have their lab radars set out. People have their magneto speeds on. You know, that's data that they have that they they very much so use to make, um, you know, their next shot or their next load if they they're, they're loading the ammunition on the line. You know, they have that. That's the reason why they collect that data because they use that. It's the same thing here. Um, you know, but can you go shoot an F class match and do well or maybe win? If you aren't collecting all that data, you just got a killer load and you, you've got your, you, you got everything lined out like it's supposed to be, but you're not getting any data shot to shot. Sure. Of course people did that for years. And, but now when you've got a whole line of people on a F class, um, line that they're all knowing shot to shot, they know what the temperature is outside. They know the temperature of their ammunition they're shooting and they're going to drop, you know, a half a grain of powder and then to drop them back into the X-Ring, you know, you don't have that if you're not collecting that data. So 
data is important, and that is something that I'm a, a firm believer of, and especially in this, when you've got so many moving parts and so many variables, um, it's not always the fastest car wins the race. It's the one who can make the fastest A to B pass. That doesn't mean it's the fastest car. It means it made the best pass that day or the best collection of passes that day. And, you know, that's that's what wins the race. You know, you could have a 2,500 horsepower, you know, X275 or LDR car, and if you kick the tire off the off the line, then, you know, you could have a Tesla beat you um, because you can't, if you can't put the traction down because you didn't have the right tune-up in it, the, the right power curve or boost curve, or you don't have the right uh, bar settings in your four-link or it, 10 other things, you know, you're shit out of luck there. But, but yeah, that that's where we're at. That's where we're at with Voodoo right now. So it's about to be – it's in chassis jail. And when Devin finishes up uh, Royce's Mustang, when mine goes on the lift, I, I foresee – it being a lot quicker um, come together because, like I said, the, the, it doesn't have to get front half. So and once, well, once the car is, the chassis is done and I get my rear end back from uh, Tin Soldier, then it'll be a complete rolling chassis. So then we got to work on fuel system. Well, I basically have fuel system for the most part, uh, but you got to do fuel system, wire the car, plumb the car, brake. I mean, I'm going to re, I'm going to replace the brakes. I'm all new manual brakes right now. It's got factory. They're new, but they're factory, um, power brakes. Um, and I'm getting rid of that. I'm going to do manual brakes and, uh, some really lightweight, uh, the new strange evolution, uh, front brakes. And I've got strange pros that are on the rear end, up in Kentucky right now. So uh, once it's all rolling chassis, we get the fuel system in, we get it plumbed, we get it wired, and then it's, okay, finishing building the motor. So I've got a $10,000 freaking short block and uh, a cam. And so, and then the head, so the LT, the LT is GM's newest rendition of the LS, okay? It's just, they're very similar, but they're very different as well. The LT is just, Flat out, make more power. Okay, you take a 5.3 LT and a 5.3 LS. Okay, same cubic inches, same stroke, same everything. The LT makes about 80 more horsepower to 100 more horsepower than the LS does. Um, so, But LS stuff has been around forever. So every imaginable part is made for it by 10 different companies. So LT is not quite the same. There just isn't the support for it yet. There is there. I mean, there there is support, but the support is growing. The from the manufacturers making parts for things, um, and the heads that I apparently only one set of heads will will be able to do what I need them to do on this motor, this combination, and those are CID heads, and those are going to be once you finish building them out, they're going to be five thousand dollars just for the heads. And then, you know, intake manifold. Then my build my turbo kit. It's going to be a completely custom turbo kit. Then the intercooler. And, I mean, it's – if the, the more that we've decided to do with this car, the more race car we've decided to do with it uh, to go, you know, go that direction, the, the ex- more expensive shit has gotten. 
And it's, it's almost like also pushing back the timeline. So it will be, if, if the car is literally done and I can make a pass by fall, like early fall of next year, of 2024, I feel like I accomplished something, you know, but you know, nothing ever takes or ever goes as quick as you plan or as you hope. It's always slower. So that's okay. It's part of it. Like I said, I'm not going anywhere and you know, we're having a good time helping, you know, the powerhouse guys, everybody who, you know, is a powerhouse customer. Most of the guys are really fast streetcar stuff like Coyote, you know, five and a half second Coyote, about the same with uh, uh, Camaros, like the, the six-gen Camaros with a Pro Charger on them, built bottom in, um, you know, then Lance tuning it and everything. These are these are fast street cars, very fast street cars, uh, but they're still street cars. And uh, I don't know if I'm going to be, other than Lance's car, Lance has a, a, a 388 LSX um, Trans Am with, uh, a very similar turbo to the one that I will be replacing this one with. So it's a bigger turbo. Um, and I mean, his, his car is strong. His car is strong and, uh, it is still able to be driven anywhere he wants to go. Does he? No. And believe me, it's not a comfortable ride. So, um, I'm trying to remember if it even has a passenger seat. I don't know, but I'm trying to get him to go full race car. And if he's listening to this, he's gonna start laughing because I've been like, sending him shit all the time, like, go full race car, race car, race car. And he's like, no, street car. And wants to go kill everyone with a street car. And it will. Because um, he, you know, he built that car for street car takeover, which is actually quarter mile stuff. And the class he can fit in, um, yeah, he's, he he couldn't make it this year because uh, he had a little girl. Um, they had, he had their second child. So, uh Streetcar Takeover 2024, it'll be in Z-Max in Charlotte. He'll go and he'll he'll gap that class. And then once he does that, I think he's going to switch to methanol and go full race car with it. So, uh, But other than that, the, Powerhouse, they do a lot of streetcar stuff. A lot of street. There's a beautiful 97 Viper up there. They've get, they get Cadillac CTSVs getting, you know, blower and uh, new blowers on and tunes and i mean very impressive streetcar stuff um but yeah i think mine's gonna be one of the first few dedicated race cars which race car stuff is easier to do than streetcar because if the whole point of you know calling it a streetcar is that it can be driven on the street well something that has street manners normally isn't fast and something that is fast normally doesn't have good street manners well so that's the balancing act well you know, race car stuff is like, no, nah, just hang with your balls out and go, you know, just have and send it, right? Well, that's that's what I'm going to be. So it'll be it'll be a team effort, and I'm excited about it. And I know I'm in I'm in great hands with the guys at the powerhouse. Um, I want to learn to weld so bad. I would love to know how to fabricate. Um, you know, when it comes to time, I'm going to build a like a thirty by fifty shop here with a lift and. You run 220 to it and and buy a welder, like buy a TIG welder and just figure it out. You know, you know, I've got some friends that can weld and stuff that um, could you know help me along the way, but I just 
I would love to watch somebody just roll out a stack of dimes on a aluminum weld or a stainless steel or titanium weld, dude. There's nothing sexier than that. And then, I mean, hey, you, you can fabricate. You can do whatever you want to do. It's just, you know, you get get the material and you make what you want to make, how you want to make it. I would love to do that. Um, and I would even do it for other people. Like, if I got good enough to where people, I was like, hey, look, I'm not a professional, but I'm, this is what I've done. Like, yeah, dude, do that. Great. I would love to do that. It would be so much fun, um, especially given that it wouldn't be my means of income, you know, as uh, my full-time job. But either way, you know, we've the, the car is coming along. So, slowly but surely, this doesn't get done fast. It never does. Even if you had all the money in the world, it does. You don't just you know clip, snap your fingers, and then your race car is built. It doesn't work that way. And this is just part of it. But you know, it being the day after Thanksgiving. This is Friday, the twenty fourth after Thanksgiving. I'm not sure when I release this. Maybe Monday. But it's been since June 9th on the last recording and uh for that i apologize like i don't i don't even know how many downloads this is going to get some people may have just unsubscribed or followed the podcast and if they did i don't blame them but anybody who stuck around wait for another one to come out i i do appreciate you and um yeah as more of this stuff gets heating up you will be getting more episodes rolled out like i said i gotta sit down i was hoping maybe one night this weekend i could get a hold of lance to come sit over here and have a beer with me and, uh, and record a podcast. Cause I'm telling you, that's going to be a killer show because he is a, a wealth of knowledge. He's a young dude. He's like, Lance is like sub 30. I think he's like 29 or 28 and has a wealth of knowledge in this and, uh, and all around an amazing family, him and his dad and his, and, and, you know, Lance's wife and their two girls. It's, it's an amazing family. And believe me, I was up there today for uh, a couple hours before I got started ripping up voodoo. I was in there talking with Ed, and we got talking about you know current events, and the economy, and holy shit, the election. You know, in twenty twenty four, and you, I tell you what, they are the most salt of the earth people, and we align very well, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Uh, and, and, and probably a lot like most of you listening, um, for, for my U S listeners at least, but, uh, yeah, guys stick with me, you know, look, it's, uh, November. So probably February, February was my last match. I shot the one day in, uh, at, uh, Maysville for the coastal outlaw tournament or tournament, um, match and, that was my last match, and honestly, I'm actually excited to shoot a match. One, you know, the weather's perfect. Uh, probably, imagine January, though, maybe December. I don't know if they have one in December. I think this past weekend was their finale for the year, uh, but I don't know when the next season would start. Probably, my guess would be January or February. But either way, I'm I'm planning on shooting the one in February. Uh, I'll screw the dasher barrel back on, the Tika, and, uh, you know, get – Finish slow development on that. I, I mean, I've got less than 40, 60 rounds on that uh, Tika dasher barrel. Uh, but speaking of the Tika, the 25 Creedmoor. So I just had, like, back, you know, b- before rifle season came in, I was like, well, let me, I got a couple of rounds loaded up with the 131 Blackjacks. 
and with like the old load, uh, the old load out of the uh, Rock Creek barrel, the AI. I had like five. It said forty one grains of forty three fifty in uh, what was a Hornady yeah Hornady six five Creedmoor brass, and you know the bullets. 2.105, I think, is what it, uh, based to Ojive of the loaded round. I said, let's just see how they shoot in this. So I got the 25 Creed barrel, the hunting barrel, the Tika, and it fucking goes in one hole. It goes in absolutely one hole. I didn't even have a chronograph. I have no idea how fast it was going. And I was like, son of a bitch. Like, this is just, it's just one of those loads. That load shot well in three different barrels. It shot well in both of the AI's uh, 25 Creedmoor barrels and this, like equally well. It shot great. And this was suppressed. Well, those were with the, with a brake on it. This is with a suppressor on it, a Sendero contour barrel, like super lightweight barrel, 26 inches, and it shot equally impressive out of this barrel. So, like, I didn't – I had to go load more up. I was like, all right, well, that's obviously the load I'm going to hunt with because I've actually got enough of these blackjacks to last this barrel a lifetime for of hunting and, or, excuse me, any barrel a lifetime of hunting. So I loaded up more at the very same exact load, everything, same exact load. And uh, at here at my house on the deck shooting at the target before the corn got too high, or the beans, before the beans got too high, and I just plugged in the velocity from the Rock Creek barrel that was on my AI. It was 28-28. That's what the velocity was the last time I chronoed that barrel. And I literally, you could not have, you could not have pied that plate in like uh, to quarters. You could not have quartered that plate and put the round more dead center than what I did. I was like, well, <laughs> I don't know if it's 28-28, but that target sure seemed to think so. So that's what we're rolling with. And dude, it's printing. It printed a, a golf ball size group at 500 yards, 511 yards. Amazing. And I was like, all right, this, the PVA barrel is fire. The blackjacks, unfortunately fire because they don't make them anymore. They'll never be made ever again. But you know, I've got plenty of 4350 and, and plenty of, once fired six five Creedmoor Hornady brass, so that yep. Yeah, so that's where we're at. That's where the gun's doing now. I just I'm excited to shoot coming up here in the in the winter slash spring. I'm gonna get out there and shoot some more one days with my buddies with CL and Jeff. And uh, yeah, once we're you know it's gonna be rifles, jujitsu, race car shit. So that that's where we're at for 2024. Um, you know, I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. I hope you, I hope everybody took the time yesterday, whether it be at the table, whether it be sitting around after dinner or after lunch with your family, having a beer or a sweet tea or dessert or sitting outside with your cousins or however, or smoking weed, walking down the na- around the neighborhood, getting high. Who knows? I hope. I hope everybody understood what yesterday was for. It is about being thankful for what you have, for who you have, and don't forget that 
on Black Friday, the very next day, which don't even get me started on that. And what can I get now? What can I get? What can I buy? What can I, you know, everybody loves getting gear. Everybody loves getting toys. Everybody loves getting this or that and the other. But, you know, at least for 24 hours, be thankful for what you have, who you've become. And if you're not happy with who you become, who you've become, you can change it. That is completely on you. You can change that. If there's something about yourself that you aren't happy with, that you wish you could do better, that you wish you could change. There ain't nothing to it but to do it. It's completely on you. And this is completely random. I know this. I'm sorry. It's just something that's. I've had thoughts yesterday. And I was like, you know what? Life is good. Life is good because not because of any of the possessions that I have, but because of, of my family. And, and, you know, I married my best friend. My wife is my best friend. I married her. And that is something that a lot of people cannot say. They cannot say that they married their best friend. That my son, even though when I want to literally choke him until his eyeballs bulge out of his head sometimes, he's a good kid. He is a smart kid. He is far beyond better at everything and smarter than everything that I was at his age, by far, by far. And I am so lucky for our health, you know, his health specifically, just especially. You know, you want to get me choked up, get me talking about sick kids. Um, (laughs) There's very few things, uh, topics that I can ever talk about that makes me quite as emotional as sick children. And, you know, he's as healthy as a horse. And not everybody has that luxury. So, But if you do have that luxury, don't forget about it. Don't squander it. Don't take it for granted. Take it. Take advantage of it. Understand it. Acknowledge it. And live life to the fullest with you and yours. Um, that's just my little Thanksgiving public service announcement to you guys. Uh, it, look, if you're still with me 50 minutes in, I owe you a beer next time I see you. Uh, but you guys stick around. Don't, don't, don't shun me just yet. If you did, I don't blame you, but stick around more will be to come. I'm still alive. I'm still here. I have not forgot about you. So, you know, comment, like share, subscribe, whatever, all those good things as always. Uh, but until next time, y'all keep it classy.